Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends through perspectives of hope in Jesus Christ. How does a girl growing up in Ethiopia discover her intellectual gifts that one day lead her to Stanford and MIT? This is the story of Dr. Loza Tadesse, a story of faith family, friendship, and a process that led from the Horn of Africa to the upper Midwestern region of America, to the sunny West Coast, and to the Northeast, a journey where the tiniest observations may influence the future of humanity. We pause, as we typically do at the beginning of our show, to remind you the reason we have the Good Life program is to share Yes, to share how the love of Jesus Christ makes a difference in the lives of people. Yes, I'm talking about the love of Jesus so strong that he died on the cross for your sins. He shed his blood on that cross to wash your sins away. He was buried, yes. But three days later, he rose again from the grave. And the living Christ, who has touched the heart and life of Dr. Loza Tadesse, reaches out to you. Will you turn to Jesus? Will you open your heart? Will you turn from your way and follow God's way and receive Christ? And if you know the Lord, my friend, I believe you're going to grow and be inspired, yes. And for someone who does not yet know the Lord, this could be a turning point for you. Dr. Loza Tadese will join the Department of Mechanical Engineering as an assistant professor at MIT. She is the principal investigator for the Tadese Lab at MIT. She received her PhD in bioengineering from Stanford University and was a medical student at St. Paul Hospital Millennium Medical College in Ethiopia. She is listed as a 2022 Forbes 30 under 30 in healthcare. She received many awards, including the Biomedical Engineering BMES Career Development Award, the Stanford DARE Fellowship, and the Gates Foundation Call to Action, a $200,000 grant for Cypro Incorporated, an educational nonprofit in Ethiopia, which she co-founded. She is married to Dr. Unitim Abate, They have one daughter, Mary. Dr. Tedese, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me, Pastor Danny. I mentioned Ethiopia. Where in Ethiopia did you grow up? So I grew up in the capital city of Ethiopia, Addis Ababa. Um, I grew up in one of the uh, oldest neighborhoods in the town. Um, uh, Ferencai Lagacion is the name of the neighborhood. Um, that's where I spent most of my 
time that I've lived in Ethiopia, about 11 years. And afterwards, we moved to a different suburb um, once I was 12. What was the name of the, the suburb when you turned 12? Um, it was called CMC. Uh, funny enough, it's the name of the construction company that started the uh, housing projects down there. And so it was a, a pretty nice uh, suburban area. Now it's, you know, a center of town as the city expanded. But at that time, it was a little in the outskirts and a different place to be for, from where I grew up. Who would you say, Loza, influenced you most in your growing up years? Um, growing up in Ethiopia, I think for most uh, kids and families, at least during the time I was growing up, um, family and extended family had a lot of um, influence. So I grew up in the compound with my grandma, uh, my aunt, uh, my uncle and his family, um, and my parents and my younger brother. And so I would uh, say the entire family unit, including extended family, had um, a lot of influence in me. When I was younger, it was uh, mainly my grandma and my aunt that um, I spent the most time with when I was at home. Um, my grandma, um, she raised three boys, including my dad, uh, by herself, her husband, uh, uh, my my grandpa, who was actually Mr. Tadessa, uh, from my last name. He was a soldier, and he passed away when my dad was about eight. So she was a single mother of the three boys, and um, they grew up, uh, and two of them stayed with her as they got older, and in the uh, compound had their family. So she was a very strong woman, very driven. Um, she did not um, go to school so she doesn't know how to read and write but she really encouraged all of her kids and uh, me as her granddaughter to pursue education I, I'm the first granddaughter in the family and so that was uh, she had a lot of influence in me so did my aunt um, and then my parents as well my uh, dad uh, was uh, very driven and he really enjoys learning. He was a lifelong learner, always was in school, been doing his master's or one thing or another, even though he's working full time. And so he was very much influential and my mom was a very uh, dedicated woman um, to her family as well. So I learned a lot of sacrifice and hard work from her as well. I would say it's a lot of people uh, surrounded me when I was growing up, so everybody had an influence. You speak with a warmth of the experience. Mm -hmm. Not everyone could say that mm -hmm. in, in, in some parts of the world. And some, I would say, more less collectivist, less family-oriented, more individualistic. Some say leaning more towards a Western culture becomes mm -hmm. more individualistic. But you speak with a warmth. Mm -hmm. Your grandmother, mm -hmm. such a courageous woman. Mm -hmm. What do you remember as you think back, are there certain things that she would say to you that are indelible now impressed in your mind and heart? Um, my grandmother was, um, she was very strict. And um, I would say I remember her actions more than her words. She wouldn't, uh, you know, she was not one that would have you sit and give you advice. Uh, but through her actions, I could see her diligence, her her strength, and the way she leads life. 
and how she wanted us to be disciplined and she wanted us to do well and better was demonstrated in her actions. So I could see how she interacted with the neighbors or, um, you know, now every now and then there are some issues that arise between borders on, on the wall or, or things like that. And um, she always used to say, oh, they think that because there is no man in this house that they could interfere, or do one thing or another. Well, they don't know who I am and kind of stand with boldness and stand up for herself and the family. And um, I would say her actions uh, were things. And I, I now I reflect back as I uh, also tell the story at this moment um, and see how it's very rare to have uh, a woman of her age to show me such um, exemplary strength and discipline um, in, in, in becoming a confident woman myself. Uh, so that would be what I would say she, she gave me most is her, her actions. And I had the privilege of meeting your mother. Mm-hmm. Such warmth, mm-hmm. such tenderness. I remember her, her smile. Mm-hmm. Your journey of faith, Loza, how did you grow in your relationship with Christ? I grew up in a Christian family. Most of our extended families um, were part of the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. My immediate family, my parents, um, were going to the evangelical uh, churches at the time. And so they took me with them to church. And I, as a kid, I just went to church and that's what I knew. Uh, But I vividly remember when I was uh, eight years old, um, this particular day I had a sensation a weight of um, now I would reflect it was the weight of my sin and that I needed a savior and I cannot quite put to articulate words what the scenario was but I remember uh, kneeling down and in tears and um, just by myself um, uh, getting closer to Jesus or I would say Jesus finding me um after that moment i was more intentional and engaged uh with what i do at church uh more than just going with the family i was more more aware uh but i and it wasn't until i uh, grew a little older during my teen years particularly when i was 14 that i was really seeking out the guidance of the holy spirit and um had a really good uh, youth fellowship at my local church in the new neighborhood we moved to um, where I was able to um, learn deeper about the scripture and read more and have Bible studies. And um, just we ha- we used to have those at home too, uh, but this was more of a personal uh, growth process. Um, and it keeps going. Uh, so more changed and I learned uh, deeper about the nature of God and my uh, daughtership um, in the kingdom and how the Holy Spirit works, um, what what it means when God speaks and when he leads and how to respond in faith. All of that went on to um, develop in my life as I made decisions and also learn from church and, and a community around me. You mentioned the 
the Holy Spirit. You mentioned the Holy Spirit a number of times. I think back uh, of a connection between your the time when you're eight, year, eight years old and how the Spirit, and how Jesus teaches as we read the book of John that the Spirit comes to convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. Mm-hmm. When you speak of a conviction of sin, already evidence of the Holy Spirit, the age of 14, the Lord again deepening you. So as we sit here, as we talk, there is evidence of the working of God's Spirit and the fruit born from one who has been touched and moved by the the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, and drawing near to the Lord Jesus himself. You're listening to Dr. Loza Tadese. She will join the Department of Mechanical Engineering as an assistant professor at MIT. She is the principal investigator for the Tadese Lab at MIT. In fact, you can find out more at tadeselab.mit.edu. That's Tadese with two S's. Mm-hmm. Tadeselab.mit.edu. When we come back, her journey. Why did she change? From pursuing a career as a physician to one as a researcher. Underneath that, there's medical school in Ethiopia and then school in a school in Minnesota. That's that's really cold country. A contrast of weather, but a warmth in her heart for Christ. Stay with us. We'll be back with more. Wandering the road of desperate life. Famously beneath the bed. Hi, this is Danny Yamashiro. Evangelism can be likened to an exquisite pearl necklace. In order for the necklace to be complete, each pearl is carefully strung on, one at a time. Only after the last pearl is strung will the clasp be attached. Most people are convinced that the apex of evangelism is in being that figurative clasp, leading someone to trust Christ. In reality, there would be no need for a clasp without any pearls being strung. Which is more important, the pearls or the clasp? They all are. Not everyone can be a clasp all the time, but in evangelism, you can always be a precious pearl. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Dr. Loza Tadese is an incoming assistant professor in the mechanical engineering department at MIT. She is developing diagnostics for extreme environments. To that end, she has developed a rapid system using machine learning and a light scattering approach that can identify infectious bacteria much faster, which will lead to both to better treatments and less reliance on the use of broad spectrum antibiotics. You're listening to the Good Life Radio Program. Danny Yamashiro here with Dr. Loza Tedesi. If you're tuning in right now, maybe you caught the tail end of the last segment. Look, you can get this program in its entirety 
As a gift, just go to drdanny.live. The podcasts are available on major podcast platforms. To learn more about Dr. Tadese, tadeselab.mit.edu. Loza, why did you change from pursuing a career as a physician to one as a researcher? Um, so I joined medical school right from high school. That's how the schooling system is back in Ethiopia. Different from here where you need a pre-med, um, you just go to medical school directly. And so I um, joined medical school, was doing really well and really loving learning about God's creation in the human body and the science of every piece of our uh, functioning system. I still fondly enjoy that science and I, I get delighted talking about it and I would say it's one of the educational experiences that I have in my memory the most. Um, I How many years were you in medical school? Uh, almost four, so three and a half. I moved here in a January um, of my fourth year in medical school. Typically, you would do two years of basic science and two years of clinical practice. Um, and then the rest of the two years are internship and kind of community service. So I was left with the, the last leg of the, the degree program. But when I was in my um, third year, that is when I was having the sense of um, uh, almost an interest in the need to do something bigger for medicine. At that time, I would say the direction I was thinking about was more public health or working with the WHO or the United Nations. Um, along that lines, I was not directly thinking about researching on medical devices, but I had this sensation that that would be a direction that I would like to choose, and I had this feeling that I was not going to pers or be a physician uh, that will see patients on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, that was the sensation I had, and I was discussing with my family, but in parallel, during prayer meetings at church and um, the God through some of the sermons prophet prophetic gifts would speak to me saying that I would be leaving the country uh, soon and that this was not my trajectory. I would be shifting gears. And so it was a synchronous um, activity of both what he's trying to speak to me um, and how I'm, I was feeling and uh, also speaking the Holy Spirit, speaking through other people. So at that time, then I started applying for uh, programs and the things I was thinking were maybe an MD, PhD would be a route to go since I was already so advanced in the MD. It turns out that the U.S. would not accept an MD with the way I went about it with other pre-med. Um, so that was not a possible route. Uh, then the following route became looking for an undergraduate program to sort of start over college in a way. Um, for that approach, I landed on maybe two colleges. Since I had four years of medical school, I was very much away from math. I haven't uh, taken the SAT. I should mention here that I was considering education abroad when I was in my final year of high school. Um, and I took the English test called the TOEFL test where every international student would take. And I was uh, about to go in full mode of applying, but I had this prayer with 
um, God aware, I said, uh, we know of one family member who's in the U.S. I will be reaching out to her over message. And if she responds with enthusiasm to help me in this process, then it means it's your direction and I'll follow. Uh, but if she closes down and doesn't want to proceed here, then it, I would take it as a, an indication that it's not your path. Like a fleece. Exactly. Putting a fleece out. Yeah. Um, that was sort of my simplistic way of, I guess, approaching um, God during that time of my life. And um, he humbly, I think, uh, responded to the maturity level I was in. And uh, she did not respond very uh, positively about it, and I stopped. And so that's how I ended up in medical school. But during this uh, following time, I was more engaged. And I used that same TOEFL from four years back um, when I was looking for uh, schools. And I landed on Minnesota University uh, because my parents had a very um, a friend from a long while ago who lived there in they were concerned that it was my first time leaving home. I was um, just turning 20 at that time. And they wanted to make sure at least somebody they know was around. Um, so they said, you know, these people live in Minnesota that we know of. Maybe it's better if you look for places there. And so me and my mom sat down. I had a little prayer and I Google searched um, affordable colleges in Minnesota. And that's how I landed on um, MSUM, which provides uh, generously in, in international students an instead scholarship. Um, so I applied. They were willing to um, accommodate my application. It was a little off cycle for a spring admit, and I, I got in. So I came to the U.S., uh, to Minnesota that way. What did God do in your heart when you came to Minnesota building on the faith journey that you've been on, growing in the Holy Spirit, learning to hear God's voice. What did he show you when you came to Minnesota? Um, in, in learning to hear God's voice, I should uh, have this testimony. When I was 12, I remember I had this question just lying on my bed and thinking about it, uh, some theological question. Um, and I was just pondering, and I sort of heard a voice saying, oh, there's a Bible in the drawer over there. If you open, I forgot which verse it was, but Corinthians something, you would learn something about it. That's kind of the voice I heard. And I was like, is that my thoughts or is it God? I don't know. I went and I opened, and there was a Bible, and I opened the exact verse that it said, and it was the exact thing I was thinking about. I ran downstairs to my parents and I told them, I don't know if they remember now, but I told them I was just wondering about this one thing and then I heard the voice and I found the Bible. And um, I would say Holy Spirit has been um, very uh, gracious uh, to me and has not uh, kept his voice away since I was a child. It was not me seeking, but him seeking after me. Um, so as I came to Minnesota as well, it was a walk of faith, uh, not knowing the land and um, not having full scholarships as well. It was more of um, a faith journey to how God would provide and we would miraculously see where it, was, it, was, it would go. And being, um, you know, uh, 
my first time outside of my home being a, a woman as well i uh, i had to if if it was up to me there were so many things to be afraid about but i think the holy spirit was um also imparting that faith uh in me for that season um so after i came i first had my interactions with the dr abata um the first day which was a few days after i arrived but that conversation was one of dr abata your my husband now and uh, my friend then <laughs> um so he and i that first night uh we were discussing about things and he shared with me his story and i was uh my faith then became even more built because oh here's a, a standing evidence of how god will provide once i come here it was a year and a half after he came and he'd went through what i was about to go through in terms of settling down and finding financial support for my education and his testimony was a strength to me um and i must admit during that first year of conversation i did fall in love um and it was uh, it was one of uh, a very good built friendship but i knew there was more to it than than just that um this is going back to a an all night conversation that started at 9 p.m. exactly and until 4 a.m. while i was uh, couch surfing at their apartment until i found my housing that first week <laughs> well you mentioned dr abate he's with us in studio dr Yonatim Abate as you think about your 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 friend who became your wife and now the mother of your your child Mary reflecting back on that night as you met Dr. Loza what stirred in your heart for her um you know i We were living in Moorhead, Minnesota, a very small town where there are not so many Ethiopians, and so finding another Ethiopian was one, you know, blessing. And then second of all was she happens to be a believer in God and have a strong passion for, you know, for science, for impact, to change the world, but also love and respect for friends and and family. And all these values really stood out that night. and I was in awe and then I decided to be a friend with her not uh, romantically but as a friend even though she fell in love uh, that night but I'm a slow learner so it took me a while to to get there uh, but th- that but was he did a good job so it's okay <laughs> <laughs> but that, that was uh, the beginning of uh, a friendship that that I saw uh, to have more fruits and more to share in the coming years fruits and love to share indeed and there there have been already fruits that have been born and m- m- much more fruits to come as the lord has positioned both of you dr abate and dr tadese as we speak today and we think about how god moves and how you listen and how the lord spoke one 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 very sweet word that you've mentioned also a phrase is that the lord was seeking me and i think that's a message to a listener today someone might be thinking while well, i'm listening to this show it's a bit intriguing to me but let's step back and and remind a reminder to you dear friend as you listen to 
Dr. Terese share from her heart and Dr. Abate share from his heart that could it be that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, is seeking you through a podcast, seeking you through a radio program. Why are you listening in this moment, at this time? Why is there this point of intersection? Well, we believe that as the Lord has spoken to her, the Lord is reaching out to you. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about in the transition from the medical profession to becoming a researcher from Ethiopia to Minnesota. What inspired her? What inspired her in research? What took her on the path from Minnesota to Stanford and then to MIT? More Heart to Heart with you from Dr. Tadese, tadeselab.mit.edu. Stay with us. We'll be back. the road of desperate life, beneath the barren sky. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a program that was born out of prayer. The Spirit of Christ guides us through prayer, empowers us through prayer, and provides for us through prayer. There are mighty things that the Lord is doing in the Northeast, across the United States, and around the world. Would you like to be a part of God's work through The Good Life with Dr. Danny? Visit drdanny.live. Dr. Danny invites you to join his prayer team. Each month, you will receive a letter updating you on some of the behind-the-scenes developments, prayer requests, along with a devotional that Dr. Danny writes to encourage you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Join the prayer team today and make an eternal difference in people's lives. Visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life so, today. love is in the air. Uh, one might say she fell in love. In, in the moment of the first meeting, the other says, well, it took, I'm a slow learner. It took a little time. And then... Uh, his, his wife, who is his wife today, Dr. Loza today, says of her husband, Dr. Tim Abate, well, it took a while, but he, he came along well. But there's a story that has to do with appendicitis. It has to do with a surgery. And even in those moments, God is still at work as love is in the air. So, so take us back to this, uh, you know, sometimes during the break, we discover things that we didn't have planned to talk about, and you just got to go with the moment. So, uh, Loza, tell us what happened with appendicitis, and Tim, jump in on what happened during something about peanut butter sandwiches and meeting in rooms, <laughs> tutoring rooms. Yep, so that first night, I was um, couch surfing at their apartment. I was laying on the couch, and he came back from a winter break, after a Christian conference over the winter break, um, it was a long bus ride from Florida to Minnesota, and he had appendicitis in the middle and ended up getting surgery and was coming home. Uh, so he was pretty sick the first time he walked in through the door, but still that weekend frail, Tim, <laughs> uh, that's the one I fell in love with. And uh, I think it might be 
the reason I went to medical school um, and uh, because of that experience, I had more uh, uh, association or maybe experience with patients. Uh, and so I was trying to treat him and, um, and provide. Uh, during that time, we didn't have much. I just moved to the country. I don't have a job or anything. So we, I would make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches uh, for lunch, and I would bring them to where he uh, tutors uh, math, including me. I was one of the tutors. Um, and he, I would bring and share my lunch with him so he can have some food recovering from his surgery. Tim, wouldn't you say that those were the best peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> you ever ate in your entire life? Ever made. <laughs> ever made. I think if they are commercialized, they'll be uh, <laughs> What about you being a math person and she not having much math? Yeah, so she mentioned earlier that she went to medical school for four years where she went on the four years without learning about maths and science. So that actually came to an advantage for me where, <laughs> and me being a calculus tutor for my math department in college and she being the one who's getting the tutor. Um, so we had a lot of time to spend both in the tutor classroom, but also outside the classroom. So she said my integration, my multiplication, my divisions were the one that attracted her. And mm -hmm. I would say the peanut butter was <laughs> the one for me. <laughs> food for the mind and food for the body. <laughs> Tender moments oh. in Minnesota. Exactly. How did God lead you from there to Stanford and then to MIT? Um, I would answer this question even going back to when I was uh, younger. This is not something I put together as a narration until very recently, but I realized where I grew up was um, in the, what, some would consider the slums of the city and a lot of uh, kids as well as adults were um, always getting sick with infectious disease, including my family members. And so it was um, very dear to my heart that sickness and illness could uh, affect your loved ones. Um, I believe that experience was for a reason that, you know, God had moving forward with my life. And going through medical school, one of the reasons that I also wanted to pursue um, a, a bigger vision of impacting medical um, uh, medical systems and hospitals is because of the lack of resources that I was seeing at the hospitals. Uh, brilliant doctors and student physicians, we know all the things that are to know about the disease from the textbook, but when we go to help patients, it's the lack of simple instruments and tools that hinder the, the treatment. And I saw a lot of loss of life uh, during my time there too. And so once I came to Minnesota and with uh, Tim's encouragement of pursuing more of an engineering and math direction, I actually during that calculus class, I was afraid to take it at the beginning, but I ended up acing the class after the first midterm. Uh, this also speaks to his tutoring capabilities. Uh, but that refresh that God gave me of um, renewing my mental capabilities during that time uh, helped me flex into engineering side of things. And when I was applying to graduate programs, I knew I wanted to work on a medical device issue. And I was able to visit the Stanford uh, University campus 
Um, and I just fell in love with the bioengineering program and the campus they had there with the medical school nearby. I, I just felt it in my heart that this was the place I was going to go to. And so when it was time to apply to graduate programs, I actually wanted to only apply to Stanford and wait on God's uh, approval for the admission in a way. Uh, but, you know, we were both applying to places together. We were married at the time. And um, got married in Minnesota just after our graduation from Minnesota. But we got married in California. California. Yeah, I, I still did not graduate. I was a junior when we got married. He's a year before me, but we got married in California. And um, so then I we applied to several schools, but uh, ended up going to Stanford. And that was uh, an amazing experience. And doing my PhD, as you'd mentioned, we developed a new bacterial identification approach that is more rapid and um, it's a unique uh, path towards uh, addressing infection diagnostics, but also antibiotic susceptibility testing, which uh, superbugs are on the rise. And that became um, a very important part of my research. During that time, infectious disease, when I began my PhD, was not in the radar of a lot of people. Uh, but 2020 came, and when COVID hit, then we realized still infectious disease are actually of global concern. At the time when I began my research, it was more of an issue of the developing world and um, not taken um, as, as, as a broader interest that it is right now. So then moving forward to my uh, time or my application to MIT, I also sought for opportunities that would enable me to combine my diverse background in um, medicine and my undergraduate degree was in chemistry and uh, also bioengineering to solve medical problems um, and develop diagnostics for extreme environments. And MIT was a very receptive place of uh, bringing interdisciplinary researchers and producing impact um, at this large scale in an engineering, also a basic science format. So I, I fell in love with MIT as well and, and uh, here I am today. Where would you say, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by, by you, Loza, and your desire or willingness to, to put yourself out. I think back about, about your grandmother and her boldness. Mm -hmm. To put yourself out, there's a courage there. I mean, to take a calculus class, not knowing how you're going to do, so you need tutoring, and the Lord blesses you with with the man who became your husband as a tutor, there's the brilliance there, obviously. But but then you then you ace it. Someone else might have just said, "Well, that's that wasn't that's not really my thing." But you put yourself out there. How over the years did this sense of imagination and innovation, when you speak about your research, and then now it's catapulted because of COVID? How did that? well up inside and, and bloom? Um, it's sort of when I was very young, I was a good student. I enjoyed going to school, but I was not one that would, you know, hit the books and be studying all the time. I liked to play a lot. And um, essentially when it was time for final exams, I was uh, very excited for the break after the exams that I really wanted to finish the exams as quick as possible. But even then I did uh, very well and the teachers saw something in me that they would be uh, 
uh, sometimes giving me back my exams because I would finish it in the first few minutes and they'd be like, maybe you want to see it again when they saw some uh, simple mistakes I've made. Um, but I became really aware of uh, the intellectual potential that God has put in me when I was um, closer to high school. And uh, in, in uh, seventh and eighth grade, I started to spend time reading the notes. Um, before that, I thought I should be able to remember everything I learned from class and not review. But at that time, I was like you know, more into reading and reviewing. And um, then in high school, I really wanted to um, be disciplined and, and learn the hard sciences. And I realized during the 10th grade national exam um, that that was a very, uh, one of the hardest tests you would do in the country. And I got uh, all A's uh, at the end. And do, it's the top, the top grade that you would have. And I it, it caught me by surprise. And I then was like, oh, God, maybe there's something special here that you've put in me. Um, and I wanted to do even better. I wanted to excel is the word. Before that, I was okay doing well. At that time, I think God put in a passion to excel in me. And the following years, I, I uh, was uh, able to do well. And um, with God's grace, I finished a valedictorian top of my class in, in my 12th grade. Um, and then went into medical school and kind of pursued that sense of excelling uh, from that point onward. Um, in terms of creativity, and uh, you mentioned boldness and moving uh, from one subject matter to the other. Um, I, I Again, I think it's the grace of God for the reason that he's put me here and kind of, kind of things he wanted to do through me. They require this sort of flexibility and whenever I find an opportunity in front of me to pursue one direction or another, um, I think I, I try to have faith in God, but also this curiosity and the challenge is something that I enjoy. Um, same with switching to a bioengineering uh, PhD major, which I didn't have any engineering training before, and now starting in a, a very interdisciplinary yet new field of mechanical engineering. Um, I think I also enjoy the challenge of uh, learning new things and having or bringing a new perspective to the fields that I join as well. When you speak about new perspectives, mm -hmm. I think about the Tadese Lab. And I want to know what your hopes are with your, with your team and what your... Yeah, what, where do you hope things will go with all the intricacies? We can say the Tedese Lab, but there are many details that go on on a, on a regular basis, on a daily basis. So let's talk about that when we come back. And then maybe a little bit personal on how the Lord has helped you through some challenging moments. A prayer for our listener. I also wonder about what you would say if someone were to ask you about, at this point in your life, what, what, what has been your greatest achievement? Well, maybe we could talk about that and a little bit more, and certainly a time of prayer. When we come back, todaysaylab.mit.edu.
On behalf of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, weekdays at 6 p.m. on WEZE, and visiting drdanny.live for more resources. My dear friend, it is because of listeners and donors like you that we are able to spread the message of Jesus' love and bring hope to people like you, your family, and friends. Proverbs 11.25 says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Will you prayerfully consider donating to Danny Yamashiro Ministries so that we may continue to broadcast the gospel so believers will be built up and non-believers may form a relationship with Jesus Christ? Visit drdanny.live to make a financial contribution today. That's drdanny.live. And thank you again for supporting The Good Life with Dr. Danny. May God richly bless you with The Good Life. Listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Well, we talk about goals, we talk about ambitions, we talk about achievements. And as I said before our break, we're going to talk about, well, at least I want to ask the question about what at this point is uh, Dr. Loza Tedese from her perception her greatest achievement. But we also know that no achievement is possible without others being around in our lives. Alozi, you talked about your 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 mom, you talked about your dad, your 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 grandmother. Say a little bit more about them as we lay the groundwork for a personal word of trial, prayer, achievement. Your family. As I've mentioned, uh, the family unit is what influenced me a lot, and I want to kind of uh, have this moment to thank uh, my parents, my mom, Sable, uh, Bayou, and my father, Fagadu Taddesa, uh, as well as uh, my younger brother, Barakat um, Fagadu, who is a uh, who you may think is a younger brother, but he's more of like the older one with how he um, champions and um, cares for me and uh, also is one of the biggest cheerleaders I have. Um, They have influenced me a lot. And uh, beyond them is uh, my grandmother, as I've mentioned, my uh, aunt and my uncle, uh, Amara Chinbala. I would like to thank them. I think I had a little piece during my defense uh, uh, for my PhD where I had their picture and when I was younger. Uh, and that still stays true, I think, to this day. I wouldn't be here without the support of uh, my entire family. Um, and I believe uh, God has placed them in a position to guide me, and they took on that responsibility well. So I would like to thank them. Well, there's a, there's a, there are depths there is texture, there are layers of character and spiritual formation that have accumulated or compounded over the years as to the person that you are today as we share in this heart-to-heart moment, as you speak from the heart and our listeners are able to, to hear and, and, and receive that blessing. Speaking of family, the lab becomes a kind of family, 
as you prepare the Tadese Lab at MIT, what are you most looking forward to? I am in the process of interviewing candidates, and I've been um, stating this um, quite a few times now. I look forward to the people that are going through the lab and being formed into a better version of themselves. I look forward to the science and impactful research they will do and we will do together as they uh, go through that. And I look forward to the people around the world that will be impacted by the science um, and the work that um, our lab will be able to to produce. And so it's uh, people, people and science in the middle and it's uh, some something that I would like to merge and, God willing, be able to see the fruits of uh, in the coming years. What would you say is your greatest accomplishment up to this point? Um, I am not sure if this is considered an accomplishment. Uh, certainly, I don't feel like I earned it. Uh, but uh, my greatest prize and reward is that um, I am still with the Lord and my life is um, being led by Him. Um, Even though I'm not the version of myself I wish to be, I'm growing um, in Him. I am thankful that throughout the journeys, both the down times but also um, the greatest heights uh, that God ha- had his mercy on me not uh, for my faith not to not to be lost. And that's something that I am um, grateful for. Uh, I don't know if we call it an achievement, but that's something I really appreciate uh, from God's grace. Those moments, whatever is on your heart is on your heart. Mm-hmm. And that bubbled to the top. Mm-hmm. You talked about the peaks, but you also touched on the valleys. Someone might be going through a valley moment right now. Mm-hmm. How has the Lord helped you, Dr. Loza Tadese, mm-hmm. during valley moments of life? I would say the valley moments uh, brought me to my knees in such a way that nothing else mattered than my time that I'm spending with the Lord or how I'm trying to get his guidance and his support. And maybe that's the reason for the downtimes in in our lives. I realize uh, during some seasons when things are on the uptick, we are busy with um, doing all the good things that we're blessed with and maybe overlook our time with the Lord or maybe don't have... um, the attention to actually listen to what God is teaching us. And I find during those down times was the most, um, also the most intimate that I was able to, to be with God. Uh, certainly they were the ones that built, uh, that continued to build my character. Certainly they crushed my pride. Um, things that I hold on to, even though I felt I was relying on God, but maybe I was relying on family, for instance, when I moved to the U.S. and things were not going the way I thought they were, I wanted to call on my parents to for help. And uh, when they were so far away not to be able to provide hand, 
I noticed my faith was shaky and it was a, a very difficult moment, but a moment indeed to realize that um, I probably was not fully relying on God. And when those um, cushions around us are removed and things don't become as easy, I think it, it's a season to, to also uh, be intimate with God. And so I, I believe cherishing this moment in the downtimes is um, something um, that our listeners should should appreciate from the down season it sounds like the the, the downtime or the, the valley moments were were lush moments relationship mm-hmm. wise with God mm-hmm. I think that's that's something we could pray about that because someone might be thinking they're in they're they're in it over their head they're in a point of despair, but perhaps that is a place of greatest growth mm-hmm. for our dear friend today. Mm-hmm. Would you pray a prayer of encouragement mm-hmm. for a dear listener who is in the valley moment of life now, as you have so shared? Mm-hmm. Please. Uh, dear God, thank you so much for this time that you are using this media to reach to the people you want to talk to. And as they listen, Lord, in their valleys, I pray that the presence that um, that stood by my side and that encouraged me um, also be multiplied upon their lives. I pray that you open each and every one of our eyes to see what you're trying to teach us during seasons of our life from your perspective, from the kingdom's set of eyes and not our own. And um, even though it's difficult to um, be thankful or see any light at the end of the tunnel during the seasons, I pray that your grace is sufficient and your grace can show us a different way of viewing things. And that I, uh, Lord, I pray that this becomes true in the lives of our listeners as they go through um, their, their, their seasons of lows in their life. And we just thank you for all that you you do. And uh, we know that you're sovereign and you mean well for your children. Um, We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 A timely prayer and a timely word of encouragement. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Dr. Loza Tadese. Thank you, Dr. Tim Abate for being with us in this moment. If I may, before we leave, I would like to sing some Ethiopian song, just a very quick one. Yes, Um, It's a song of uh, knowing God is uh, is all the glory that we need, and God knowing us, and us knowing our Creator is the glory that we need. It was a song that I was singing this morning, so I would like to have a few words. Please sing. Okay. Antela weko beke birna Yama iregime kona sefya Yeha zenune zemen masresha Kemayne tifi selam medresha Bereftwi ha zendi tekelal Ya genya kemench dari nural Erdatao ke semayat deji 
ይወር ዳል የእግዚአብሔር እጂ እርዳታው ከሰማያት ደጂ ይወር ዳል ያምላኩ እጂ a final word um in everything that we do the grace of god is sufficient and nothing is bigger than the lord and all we do we should seek to see his glory and everything we do is for his glory and i say this from a point of knowing god is sovereign no matter what we do he will have his glory it's not that he relies on our decisions to 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 have that glory but it is for the best of us it's for our blessing to realize and partner with with God's movement and to be part of uh, the season of glory yep for the good life for the good life amen uplifting words and a song from Dr. Loza Tadese tadeselab.mit.edu my friend God's timing is perfect And there's no better time than right now to share the love of Christ with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, hey, this is, I believe, the perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus. Go to drdanny.live for more resources. To join our prayer team or partner with us financially, again, drdanny.live. And I, I thank you in advance. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 6. For there is a proper time and procedure for every matter. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Dr. Loza Tadese, tadeselab.mit.edu. Until next time, along with my producer, David Nasora, creative director, Brian Torres, web designer, Shana Kusumoto, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator, Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with The Good Life.